Isaiah chapter 6. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their eyes dull, and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. The second reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 to 34. Again Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the words, but the worries, worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times what was sown. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, 
than the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable should we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. Today we are at a key point in the Gospel of Mark where things shift a little bit. It's not super obvious, but it's pretty clear, I think. Uh, Jesus shifts from focusing on his identity and the nature of the kingdom. He'll keep talking about those things. But the focus starts to become the different responses that we see to this news. Now, it's important news because to accept or to reject or to ignore are all responses. And so we need to be thoughtful about what these responses mean and what we're doing and what's going on with us uh, as we go about them. Uh, Today, we hear from a parable that's going to help us understand uh, what happens in the next few chapters of Mark. So the parable of the sower is a really key parable because it's, it's explained kind of as the gospel goes on. We'll see examples of each of the different types uh, of soil. So it's a really key structural marker for us. Uh, But for today, it's about what these responses look like, a bit of warning, a bit of encouragement. How about we start by praying? Please pray with me. Father, we thank you so much uh, for all that you have to say to us in your word. Uh, Please, Lord, help us to desire a posture uh, of those who seek to be the good soil, who can trust and overcome the thorns uh, as we seek to be with you at the end. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, I don't know what your experiences of evangelism have been, uh, but in the past I've tended to come across quite a range of different responses uh, as I've gone about different things. Beach mission was kind of a key part of my early 20s when I found myself doing evangelism for the first time to complete strangers. Uh, One of the worst things ever happened to me in my first year of beach mission, uh, I was given Flynn's Beach in Port Macquarie as an area that I was to evangelize to. I don't know if you've ever tried to evangelize to people who are sunbathing, but they aren't super keen to chat, right? Uh, and you kind of feel creepy while you're going about it too. Uh, so they, they responded super badly. Uh, sometimes guys sat on the side of the beach would kind of have a couple of chats to me. Uh, but I also discovered that it kind of didn't matter what your opening line strategy was. You could kind of say the same thing every time and you'd experience different responses. Uh, My friend Toby, who was there, is one of my kind of evangelists that I kind of aspire to be like. Uh, And he'd walk up to people in the caravan park and he'd say one thing, uh, and they'd be like, oh yeah, man, that's super interesting. Happy to chat, what's what's going on? Um, Other people, before he'd kind of get the halfway through the first sentence, they'd just go, nah, and he'd go, cool, and turn around and walk off. Um, The message was the same, but the response was really different. I used to do walk-up evangelism in London outside the church that I worked at. Uh, In in the period of one hour, I met someone who called me evil uh, and also met someone who a month later I'd baptize. Said the same thing to both of them, right? Got very different responses. From all of our experience, I'm sure you've seen a similar thing. Today, Jesus is talking about the different responses that we get to the kingdom. Now remember, Jesus' audience 
Right? They're an agrarian society. Farming isn't something that they kind of fantasize about as a relaxing weekend away. Uh, it's, it's not a break for them. It, it's the means by which they live, right? Like growing crops is life and death. And it's, life, it's a life and death business for them, right? Bad crops mean people starve. It's really important. So Jesus today, he's using an image that goes to the very heart of their everyday lives. He's talking about something that's really important, that's key to their survival. And so we've actually got to get into the mindset that Jesus isn't using some random image, right, to explain. Uh, But the fact that he's using these images are meant to tell people that what he's talking about is of the same level of importance. It's intentional, it's weighty, and indicates to us uh, what what Jesus has to say now is concerning the very center of our lives. So, uh, if you can keep your Bibles open, that would be great, so you can make sure that I'm not pulling one over on you. Verse 3, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. The first thing is that Jesus is emphasizing what the response to him should be. What's the first thing that he says at the start of the parable? Listen. And then he finishes with, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, this isn't just listening in kind of the sense of how you listen to music, uh, but in this sense, when when Jesus says listen, he's talking about comprehending, understanding, uh, and responding to. That's what true listening to Jesus is. Now, a couple of quick observations about the parable uh, before we see its explanation. Um, The farmer Uh, He comes across like he's not very intentional, right? Wasteful even. Uh, He does not discriminate against some soil and not others. Uh, The seed is cast wide and to all parts of the field. All of the soil has the opportunity to produce a crop. Uh, Jesus says later that this seed is the word, which when connected to the command from Jesus at the start of the parable to listen, creates an ironic tension. Listen to this parable which is about listening to the word, which itself is in a parable. Uh, In a sense, this is the parable that is setting up us listening to all other parables that are to come. But what we will see is there are a range of responses to the word. How well it takes hold in some soil, but not in others. How well it grows and what obstacles it might face to growing. The news of the kingdom, All that we have seen declared in Mark so far about Jesus is all seed being sown amongst the people in the gospel. What are people going to do with this truth? How is it going to grow in them? Is it going to grow in them? Well, we shouldn't be surprised by the range we see. And in fact, for most of us, based on our personal experiences, we're probably expecting it, right? Uh, I'm going to come back to verses 10 to 12 in a minute, uh, but for now I want you to just jump a little bit and we're going to jump into verse 13, if you've got your Bible open in front of you. Then Jesus said to them, 
Don't you understand this parable? How will you understand any parable? The farmer sows, it's the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for all other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Look, I, I think it's fair to say that the life of faith is not a simple thing. It's a complex journey, and we can, over, we can oversimplify it sometimes with this parable, I think. See, I imagine that many of us have felt like more than one of these examples at different times in our lives. Uh, some of us here tonight uh, are here because of an administrative process, for example. Uh, somebody is making you be here. Uh, and so listening to some young punk talk about the Bible is not your exactly an exciting Sunday arvo for you. So the seed almost bounces straight off, right? I was like that for a long time. Uh, lots of us here uh, have seen people come to faith in excitement and seen it fade just as fast. Uh, but for most of us, I expect, we just spend a lot of time in the thorns. We think that believing is the right thing, that Jesus is the king and I want to follow him, but so much of life gets in the way. And not superficial things either, things that really matter, responsibility, desires, painful things that happen to us or hard stages of life that we find ourselves stuck in. And the thorns seem so hard. I mean, maybe you're here today on your last legs, like the thorns have just really done a number on you. And for you, it was actually just a huge success to walk through that door today. Well done. That's hard. I think the good soil is an aspiration for us. It's a posture that we take. Struggling with the thorns does not make you bad soil. What we need is a mentality, a desire to be the good soil. I'm not there all the time, but I want to be. Listening, seeking, being with one another, right? Cutting through the thorns together. We'll see through the next few chapters the responses of people that align with this parable, right? It's a tool for us to understand what's going on with people, why they respond the way they do, and a chance for us to reflect on our own hearts, on, on our own struggles, our own thorns. And then we will also see how the sower seeks to, seeks to love the lost, where they're at. And this is when Jesus in Mark is going to start to really cause problems for the teacher of, teachers of the law. And he's going to upset people who are listening to him. Uh, last week in Mark, something I didn't draw a lot of attention to was kind of the physical imagery that was going on. Uh, Jesus drew a line between those who were inside the kingdom and outside of it. And he was actually using the house to demonstrate that. He was saying the people in the house are with him. Those outside the house, uh, his family who were accusing him, were not at that time. Uh, Something that people will often respond to, I think, uh, people get most negative about Jesus when he starts getting more clear, right? We, we kind of like parable Jesus. We can turn him into kind of this wise dude where we draw morality out of. When Jesus starts talking straight, 
people stop liking him big time. And it's clear for Jesus. You're either in or out of the kingdom. And that's some context for this next part. So I think for the most part in our experiences, listening is often a choice for us. Uh, I've got a bit of an example. Uh, My granddad, he claims that he's going deaf. He's heard me almost every single time I've ever spoken to him. What I've realized is that my granddad isn't going deaf to all frequencies. He's going deaf to the very specific frequency that my grandmother speaks in. And so she thinks he's going deaf, but we have very quiet conversations and he seems perfectly fine. He seems to be making decisions about what he is hearing and what he's not hearing. But you see, when someone tells us something that we don't want to hear, there's a few things that we do, right? One is we might just kind of ignore it. But listening's more than just hearing. Sometimes we'll kind of twist what we hear into what kind of makes us feel more comfortable. We'll hear the parts of it that we want to say. Uh, I don't know if you've ever told, asked somebody to do something they didn't want to do and then they kind of just did part of it and then stopped doing it. Uh, parents, you can stop smiling at me. Uh, but it's what, it's what seems to happen. Well, this isn't the first time in the Bible that the message of the kingdom has been brought to God's people. And back in verse 10, Jesus refers to this. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that, and then he quotes the Isaiah passage that we read before, they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Uh, In our first reading today, in the context of Isaiah, uh, we see a prophet who was sent by God to Israel in the Old Testament. Uh, He was sent to warn them uh, of the exile which was going to happen to them if they did not turn back to their God. God knew that they were going to ignore him. He knew that he was not going to be listened to. But he sent Isaiah anyway, because it it was only right that he gave them the opportunity to hear what they needed to. What we see here here today in the passage is that God's people, Israel, is being judged by God for missing the boat, for not seeing Jesus, for not understanding, for not accepting. They are going to be outside of the kingdom, uh, and Jesus is referring to Isaiah to explain this. He doesn't mean all of them, uh, but the automatic entrance The automatic entrance to the kingdom that I talked about in the past that used to be on birth is gone and now it is about belief and response. And if they don't do these things, they will find themselves outside of the kingdom. And once again, Jesus, God, knows that they are once again going to ignore it, that they're not going to listen. Uh, He couldn't have made it any more straightforward. He's using imagery that, for us, parables look a lot more complicated than they would have then. He's using imagery that they're familiar with, right? With what makes sense to them. But they won't get it because they've chosen to ignore Jesus. And as a result, find themselves outside of the kingdom. But he's gone to them anyway. The opportunity is still given, and some do respond. We see this in the Gospels. Unfortunately, God knows and accepts that he will be rejected. And often it's a miracle that we would even realize what's on offer. But I do want to draw a distinction between us 
uh, and who Jesus is talking about here. Because we are not in the same perspective as them because we do hear the explanations of the parables. We are there with the disciples. Are you able to hear it? Well, if you're listening and understanding right now, I think we both know that understanding is not the issue. But that what's actually happening is that you are deciding whether to accept it or to ignore it. Jesus continues his warning in verse 21, if you jump over to there. He said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken away from them. Briefly on this, Jesus is saying that like a light on a lampstand, the kingdom is on show for them now. It's not hidden. It is there for all to see. If you have ears, hear, listen. It is not here to be hidden, but it is seen and must be considered carefully. That those who do not listen, well, uh, sorry, is there for those who have ears, uh, but that those who do listen, well, they'll keep hearing, won't they? They'll keep listening and understanding and learning and growing. Those who pursue knowledge of the kingdom will learn more and more, but those who do not, those who ignore, those who walk away, well, it will be as if they knew nothing of it at all. Will you listen? Will you see what is on show? And will you respond? Uh, I don't know if you spend much time kind of thinking about the quality of those around you or estimating them correctly, uh, but I think... Uh, most of us love a good story of someone being underestimated and then overcoming uh, things to get better. Uh, my friend who taught me about this is a guy called Andrew. Andrew doesn't, didn't look particularly athletic. Uh, I invited Andrew to youth group one night. Uh, we're in the middle of some kind of youth games. Now, I liked to think that I was pretty good at youth games, right? Um, I mean, I professionalized it. I became a youth pastor, which is essentially just being professionally good at dodgeball. Uh, now, I was play we were playing, and Andrew was on the other team, and I thought, here's my opportunity. Andrew's got nothing. So I've picked up this ball. We're playing with different size balls, because you just grab whatever you have, and I've thrown this tennis ball-sized ball at him. Now, Andrew, without really even looking at me, catches it in the back of his hand, spins around, and pitches it at my face. I didn't know that Andrew played state baseball. And that, that thing hit me at like 90 miles an hour, right? He didn't look particularly impressive, but turns out he had a lot in the locker. Uh, we tend to make decisions based on what we can see or superficial understandings of what we see up front about what we're going to do and about what we're going to trust and rely in. Let's look at verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. The kingdom of God, it grows within a person and on the earth. 
Uh, Once planted in good soil, it will grow. Because as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he planted Apollos, another teacher watered, but the Lord was making it grow. Do not fear that listening and responding to the kingdom will come to nothing. The Lord will make it grow to you so that when the final day comes and the crops are harvested, you will be among them as ripe grain. You see, I think it's really easy to doubt that anything's going to come out of your faith, especially when you're in the thorns. Or that it's as important as, you know, I keep trying to say that it is. And Jesus has a response to that too, with yet another seed illustration. Verse 30. Again he said, what shall we say? The kingdom of God is like, and what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. The way we view strength in the world, the way we view power, uh, I think it's changed a bit over time, right? We no longer kind of view the muscular man as super strong. We've become a bit more woke. Uh, really, this days, these days, it's more about control. Who controls the narrative? Who fulfills the narrative? What a successful life looks like to us, or maybe at the moment, just what a secure life looks like, right? What a good church looks like. What I need to be secure in life. What gives me that? What fulfills my heart? Am I living up to the expectation of what my friend group thinks is important, right? What will the people around me have achieved that I grew up with? You see, I think there's a range of things in this room, to housing, to relationships, to children, to whether I'm having enough fun. That's a big one for me. What visibly impressive things are there in your life to the outsider that give you security? Your job, your influence? how well you can control the image of yourself that's presented to your followers on Instagram, finding your hope in the impressive, in the secure, in the strong, in what might fulfill you. Well, these are the thorns now that are attempting to strangle your faith. And ultimately, everyone in this room struggles with the same question. Is it worth it, following Jesus? It looks so unimpressive. Is it worth giving up things for? And to that, Jesus says, a mustard seed looks small, but it grows into one of the most impressive trees that you'll ever see. And that is the kingdom of God. To the eye, to the average person, it may seem like a small, insignificant thing but it is going to one day be the thing that puts all others all other things that you rely upon in your life to shame see if Jesus is who he claims to be if the miracles point to and prove the identity of the king of all things and this guy is calling on you to listen and to respond then there is only one option, to listen 
and to trust. Trust in the king who will come for the crops grown, who will bring a kingdom that one day will overcome evil and put all other things to shame. We will overcome the thorns through Jesus. We will see the prize on offer and see things for what they are because Jesus is going to start calling on people in this gospel to make that decision and some are going to make it and some are not. But what will you say when faced with the challenge of a life of faith? Will you listen and heed Jesus or let the thorns take it from you as you give up all that you could have had? for the things of this world. You see, Jesus has come to love you where you are at as you seek to be good soil. The answer is that if you listen and persist, even though it's often ugly, even though you will often continue to doubt, even though you will never live up to the false impression of a good Christian that you might have created in your mind, that you will keep growing and the Lord will come to claim you and take you home. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that Jesus is the good soil when we cannot be. I thank you that you have given us a saviour a saviour who can take on our burdens and die in our place. We pray, Father, as each of us wrestles with the things in our life that keep calling on us, keep strangling our faith because we desire them more than you, that you would help us to resist and persist. Father, we thank you that you love us when we doubt. And we thank you that what Jesus has done for us will never change, even when our confidence does. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.